Fantastic. Well, it's so good to be with you all today. And I I really do love days like today because it is a cold and foggy morning. But what I love about cold and foggy mornings is that often the sun shines brightest. Often when that fog lifts, this we just so appreciate and value that sun as it shines through the clouds. And I want to encourage you today as we spend some time together as we, as we be the church, as we gather together in this moment, I want to encourage you today that there is hope. There is hope because Jesus is alive. And if you've given your life to Jesus, then this hope is alive in you. And this hope can change the world through you, his beautiful church. Now, I know that if you're joining us today, if you're joining me today, right now in this very special Sunday morning, that there are people that will be here that it might be you that you're not yet a Christian well I want to encourage you to stay uh, connected listen to this message all the way to the end because I have an invitation I have a, a good news story for you and an invitation that could change your life forever but maybe you're you're listening and you actually normally do go to church but because of the coronavirus because of the challenges that we're focused uh, that we're that we're faced with in this time you're not able to get to church. Well, I just want to say I am so honoured to be with you. Uh, my name is Andrew Scarborough, and I'm, as mentioned, the Ministry Director for Youth for Christ. I'm a dad. I have the most amazing, three most amazing children, the most beautiful wife, and I am so in love with Jesus. He totally transformed my life when I was 19 years of age. Uh, a man walked into a bar man that I'd never met before and he told me that God loved me and that I needed to come back to him and it changed my life forever and that's really what I'm here to tell you today is that God loves you that there is hope and because Jesus is alive you can experience that hope for yourself but the reality is we are in such a season of incredible hopelessness for many people it seems like the world is just in chaos, like there's this hopelessness in the air. You can almost feel it. And I'm a hyper-optimist. I mean, a hyper-optimist. Everything looks good. You know, I walk out the door this morning, I go, oh, it's a foggy day. It's going to be a beautiful day. Many people might walk out the door and say, it's a foggy day. This is not a good day. I am a hyper-optimist. But, you know, when Daniel Andrews said, uh, he's a the premier of of the state here in Victoria, when he said that we were going backwards with the coronavirus, that restrictions were back on. Oh my goodness, I just wanted to cry. Actually, the day he announced the restrictions were back on, I went down to the store, went down to the shops to get some, some milk and some bread and a few different things. And, you know, you could feel it in the air that it was like this fear and this hopelessness was coming back. And we are not designed to live in hopelessness. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. And it was this, this kick to the guts to say, oh, but, but I want to gather with the church. I want to gather with my friends. I want to be out in community. I want life to go back to normal. And, and hopelessness comes to rob us, to rob us of the joy that we could have, the purpose that we could have. You know, from the coronavirus to political and social upheaval, isolation and loneliness, uh, this hopelessness can affect all of us, not just those that would call themselves Christians, those that would not yet call themselves Christians as well. Everyone 
is affected like the fog that can sit over a city on a cold morning. Everyone is affected by this attempt for hopelessness to be our reality. But I am here to tell you today, friend, that there is hope. His name is Jesus and he is alive. And if you've given your life to Jesus, this hope is alive in you and this hope can change the world through you, his beautiful church. You'll hear me say that a few times during this message this time together because I want you to know it. I want you to know the truth of the hope of Jesus. We're all feeling it. We're all feeling this this reality of hopelessness that has come knocking on our door. So what do we do? What do we do when the challenges of life come at us? You know, in a moment we're going to open the Bible and we're going to look at an incredible story of how Jesus came to the earth in the midst of of a, what could have been a very hopeless situation. But before we go to the, the scripture, before we go to the Bible, I want to share a, a fun story with you because I believe what we actually need to do in this time is we need to embrace this season. Uh, I like gardening. I mean, I love gardening. And I, I know there's a lot of backyard gardeners out there listening right now. And maybe that's you. Maybe you enjoy gardening. My wife enjoys gardening indoors with indoor plants that usually don't live very long, unfortunately. and She's really doing her best there, but it's a challenging time in our house when it comes to, uh, when it comes to indoor gardening. But outdoors, I love to get out there. I love to do gardening. And I remember when I first started gardening, it was when uh, my wife and I just had gotten married. We lived in this little house in Moorabark. And we're in this house in Moorabark and there was, it was on a bit of a busy road. And on that road, I thought, how do I, how do I stop this noise from the traffic? How do I get myself a little bit of privacy? And so I decided to plant a hedge. Well, I'm a hyper optimist, as I said, but I'm also quite impatient at times. So I bought the fastest growing hedge I knew. And I just thought, I'm going to put this hedge in and we are going to have this incredible screen before I know it. Well, I planted the hedge and I and I looked and I thought, oh, nothing's happening. This thing's not growing. And I did a little bit of research and I found out that if you want something to grow, you actually have to prune it. I thought, okay, well, I'll you know they say prune in June, which is quite ironic because we're in June uh, at the time of this message. And so I go out to my hedge and I begin to prune the hedge. Well, we're this beautiful lady. She lived just up the road from us. She would have been in her 80s and she's a, an avid gardener. Her name was Jeanette. And Jeanette was walking down the street as I'm out there pruning my garden. And Jeanette says this to me as she comes by. She says, son, what are you doing? I said, what, what do you mean? What am I doing? I'm pruning. She says, Andrew, that's not pruning. She said, that's just playing. And I'll never forget it. She said, you're not pruning, you're just playing. I said, what do you mean, Jeanette? Tell me, what do you mean? She said, if you want to truly prune this hedge, you've got to strip it right back to the basics. You've got to cut it right back to that stem. And I thought, oh, but I want to see growth. I want this thing to grow. I don't want it to shrink. But the reality is for that hedge to grow, I had to first embrace the pruning and then let it grow. And you know, to this day, you can drive past that house in Royal Park and you will see where in the hedge Jeanette interrupted my pruning. Because from there on, I cut that thing right back to the stem and now it is the biggest, healthiest, bushiest part of the hedge everywhere that I, that I pruned. 
um, and properly pruned, but where I just played, um, there, there really wasn't that much growth. And I want to encourage you, friend, that today you might feel like the pruning is coming. You might feel like the hopelessness is there and, oh no, what do we do? And I just want to see growth. I want to encourage you to to embrace this season because if you will embrace what God might want to do in your heart during this message, in your heart during this season, then I believe that in years to come you will say, wow, that was the best season of my life because I embraced what God wanted to do. And when Jesus came knocking on my door, I said, yes. I said, what do you want to do in my heart? You can go all the way deep down in there. You can prune whatever you want. I want to grow. I want to live life and life to the full. And I tell you what, church, this is a very beautiful thing when you embrace the pruning of God. I would say this, don't let this opportunity pass you by. If you have been resisting the pruning uh, as, as a Christian, as a church, if you've been resisting the pruning and trying to keep things with the status quo during this time, don't. <laughs> Embrace the pruning. And if you're not yet a Christian, allow God to come close. You know, uh, during heart surgery, if someone were to reach, if someone were to wake up in the middle of heart surgery, they would want to punch their heart surgeon in the face. <laughs> they would say, I am in so much pain why do you have your hand in my chest? They would be so in in such incredible pain that they would want to get off the table. They would want to strangle the surgeon and the nurse. They would be like, oh my. But you never meet someone outside of successful heart surgery who's angry at their heart surgeon. No, they say thank you. And so I encourage you to allow that heart surgery to happen for you right now. There is hope. Because Jesus is alive. And if you've given your life to Jesus, this hope is alive in you and this hope can change the world through you, his beautiful church. If you've got your Bible, uh, we're going to be in the book of John. We're going to be in chapter 1 and we're going to have a look at verse 19. And what we're going to do is we're just going to skip through a few different verses together. Now, if you don't yet own a Bible, you can download a Bible as an app. Um, if you literally just search Bible in the App Store, there are so many fantastic Bibles there. Um, you can also uh, call into to Light FM or your local church. There's a lot of uh, ministries and organizations that I'm sure would love to help you get a, a copy of the Bible as well. We're blessed to have a store here in Melbourne called Kurong. You could go there. But the Bible is basically a history book, but it's also an instruction manual. It's also a series of letters. It's, it's a guide for you to live your life the way that God intended you to live your life and for you to get to know God. The cool thing about the Bible is it's the only book that is thousands of years old whose author is still alive. Yes, the Bible was inspired by the living God. And so I encourage you, get yourself a Bible. It is the most precious tool you could get your hands on. So what we're going to do is we're going to read the Bible together. Um, so the book of John chapter one, verse 19, and we'll, we'll skip through. So here we go. This is the testimony of John. So it says in John chapter one, verse 19. Now we'll go down to verse 23. It says, and he said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Verse 29 says the next day he saw Jesus 
coming towards him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then verse 35 on says, The next day, so, so this is a, a moment that we're, that we're being privileged to, to join in, a moment in John's life where Jesus is arriving, right? So we go, we're in verse 35. It says, The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked as at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him the day, for it was about the tenth hour. And one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John, and you shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. What I want to do is I want to take a moment just looking at that scripture together and pulling out a few things that we can learn for our own lives today. The first thing I want us to know is this. I want us to know that this chapter in history where Jesus appears to John, John, and John testifies, he tells us through this writing what happened, when this actually occurred was during a season a lot like the season we're in, a very hopeless, tumultuous time. It, God had seemed silent for years, for hundreds of years. People were waiting. You know, the the Christian faith really comes out of the Jewish faith. And the Jews were waiting they were waiting for this Messiah. They, there are prophecies that would say that the Son of God was going to come, that there would be this Savior, this Messiah. He would appear. And people were waiting. They were longing, but it seemed as if God was silent. There was also this political oppression that was going on from the Romans. The Romans had, had taken over the area and they were they were charging taxes and and it, it felt so politically, it would have felt so politically oppressive and unstable in that time. And what's more, leprosy and disease were abounding in this time. This was a time of hopelessness. And yet Jesus shows up. And so the three things that we, that we actually see here, the first one is this, this testimony of John where he says, I'm the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. He says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The first thing we see from this passage is we see that in hopelessness, Jesus steps in and brings hope. In a time where in history, where the world desperately needed the ways to go straight. You know, I feel like... Um, I feel like we 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 are in this crazy time and we need to make straight we need to prepare the way of the Lord we need to be prepared for what is coming but also for what is and we need to know that Jesus will take away the sin of this world I want to be very clear on this second point because the first, my first point if you if you're taking notes and some people I know will be others will just be listening but take notes in your heart my first point is that Jesus comes in the hopelessness to bring hope. But how does he do that? My second point is this. He takes away 
your sin. Here's the deal, friend. We can't be deceived. The root of what is going on, the root of sickness, the root of uh, economic challenge, the root of all evil in this world is actually this thing called sin. And there is only one solution to sin. There is only one way to get rid of sin in your life and to get rid of sin from this world. And that is Jesus. He comes and he takes away the sin of the world. So firstly, know that there is hope. Secondly, know that your sin can be taken away because Jesus has come into your hopelessness. And thirdly, know this, know that you now get an opportunity, if you would choose to follow Jesus, to join the greatest family, the greatest rescue mission, the greatest uh, community that you could ever join, and that is the church. What happens here in this latter part of this chapter is two of John's disciples, two people that are learning from John, that are listening to John, they see Jesus and immediately they follow Jesus and they say, we have found the Messiah. People right now are desperate for hope. They're desperate for meaning and purpose in the midst of the chaos. And I want to tell you, friends, hope is here. Hope is real. Hope has a name and his name is Jesus. And you you can, as you hear that name Jesus, you too today can say, wow, we found him. We found the Messiah. We found the hope. We found Jesus Christ. And what happens in this passage is not only do they choose to follow Jesus, they also get a brand new start because of Jesus. It says here that Jesus looked at him. This is um, Simon Peter. He looked at him. He said, you're Simon, the son of John. But you shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. And he renamed this man Simon. He was known as Simon Peter to just Peter, to just Cephas. Why? Because Peter would go on to be the rock. The the word Cephas or Peter means rock. Um, Aramaic is Cephas. Greek is Peter. They both translate to rock. Peter becomes the rock that the church is built on. And I want to encourage you that you too get to be renamed if you choose to follow Jesus. You get to get a new start, a fresh start. And it's not just a fresh start for the sake of having a fresh start. It's a fresh start for the sake of purpose, for the sake of being the church and actually going out and making an incredible, incredible difference. Friend, The coronavirus has the potential to actually be the church's finest hour. It has the potential to actually be your finest hour. I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday, and she was saying that she felt like she didn't have hope and she didn't have purpose. But I want to encourage you that there is hope and there is purpose when you give your life to Jesus. She's not walking with Jesus right now. But if she would choose Jesus, if she would choose to walk with Jesus, if you would choose Jesus, if you would choose to walk with Jesus, your every day can be so filled with purpose no matter what is going on in your world. You know, right now in Croydon, there's a church called Hope City Church and they're doing drive-through food banks for people. There are people that are losing their jobs that don't have enough money for grocery 
And the, the members, the individuals of that church gathered together are doing a drive-through food bank to give food for those that need it. There's a, a church that I'm a part of. It's called Glory City Church. It's out in Mount Evelyn, Lilydale area. And they're doing shopping for the isolated, people that are isolated at home. They're actually going, they've partnered with a local grocery store and they're shopping um, for the isolated and delivering them their groceries. Youth for Christ, the ministry that I'm a part of, has started this online movement called Hope Story, um, the Hope Story Challenge. And we're getting people to share their one-minute testimony, put it up online and use hashtag Hope Story. As a result, over a million people have heard a testimony of Jesus since we launched. And we only launched during coronavirus time, during uh, this last month or so. Over a million people. We have seen tens of salvations using social media, using the internet. You see, the church hasn't shut down. No, it's just being pruned. It's just getting a little bit of a readjustment and it's adapting in this time. My accountant says that she's a Christian and she says she's never cried with and prayed with more clients than she is right now. Uh, This radio station that you're listening to right now is sharing hope with over a million a month. No, the church is not shut down. And if you call yourself a Christian or if you choose to follow Jesus in this time, I want to encourage you, you actually get to be light in the darkness. You actually get to live your life filled with purpose as an ambassador of Jesus. And, you know, I, I, for the sake of time, I cannot go into everything that Peter did. But Peter went out and he changed the world for Jesus. Jesus comes in the midst of our hopelessness and he brings us hope. He comes and he takes away our sin. If you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you'll actually be saved and your sin will be dealt with. It is the most incredible gift. And Jesus comes and he recommissions, he repurposes, he gives you purpose, he gives you hope uh, when you choose to follow him. Friends, this coronavirus time could actually be our finest hour. And I said that before, but I cannot stress it enough. You can walk across the road and you can share the hope of Jesus with a neighbor. You can stop at the grocery store and share the hope of Jesus with someone. And if you don't have that hope, get it today. Grab Jesus today so that you can take that difference to your friends and to your family. Coronavirus is to the church what a house fire is to a firefighter. See, the rest of the world is freaking out right now. And that's what it's like when there's a house fire. People start running away. They start... They start freaking out. They run away. But a firefighter runs towards the house fire because that firefighter knows that he was trained for such a day. He or she was trained for such a day as this. Oh, look, a house fire. This is my time. Well, as a Christian, you're a carrier of peace. You're a carrier of hope. And you get to run into hopelessness with the hope of Jesus. Don't shy away in this time. If you call yourself a Christian, lean in to the hopelessness and bring the hope of Jesus. So what I'd love to do is I'd love to take a moment to pray for my friends that are listening right now. If you're if you're tuning in right now, I want to encourage you that there is hope because Jesus is alive. And if you've given your life to Jesus, this hope is alive in you and this hope can change the world through you, his beautiful church. And this is your time. If you 
do not yet know Jesus, I want to invite you to give your life to Jesus right now, wherever you are. You might be in your car, you might be in your living room, you might be going for a jog. This is your time to give your life to Jesus. Why? Because tomorrow is not guaranteed. And I think if anything, coronavirus has shown us the fragility of our lives. Even, you know, many of us, uh, we put our hope in our careers. And yet when economic crisis comes as it has been coming, we realize that money and, and, and all of these possessions and everything, they can, be, they can be gone tomorrow. The reality is our lives are so short. And there are two things certain in this life. You've probably heard this saying, there are two things certain, death and taxes. Now, you can't do anything about the taxes, but when it comes to death, you can do something about where you spend your eternity. And Jesus says, as I said before, the Bible says that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. You just have to confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you'll be saved. The wages of your sin, the penalty of your sin the wrong things that you've done is actually death, eternal death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So I want to invite you, friend, to call out on the name of Jesus. 2,000 years ago, God sent his son Jesus to this earth. As we've just read, he arrived in the midst of hopelessness. And what Jesus did is, after this first chapter of John, he went on. He lived an incredible uh, public ministry time of three years, and then he died on a cross. And he died because we were meant to die, but he wanted us to live. And so he died on that cross, took the penalty of our sin, and he rose again, defeating death once and for all. And I want to say this, your body may very well die one day. In fact, like I said, that's a certainty. But your soul can live forever. Your spirit can live forever. You can live forever with God in heaven if you give your life to Jesus So make today the day where you give your life to him. There are some people that are listening and you'd say, oh, that's great, Andrew. I I appreciate that that you're sharing about what Jesus did on the cross. I've heard this all before. In fact, I used to go to church, but I've walked away. Maybe there was a tragedy in your life. Maybe you felt hurt from the church. Maybe there was a death um, in, you know, maybe as I was praying for today, I thought, wow, what if there's someone and maybe their brother died in a car accident and they're, they're now angry with God? Maybe cancer took a family member and you're angry with God and yet somehow you're listening today and I want to say God is saying to you, I'm a good God and I actually want you to come home. And I invite you, friend, if you know this truth but you've walked away, maybe you've walked away from this beautiful family called the church, maybe you've walked away from God, then I invite you to come home. And if you are a Christian, I want to say this to you. Do not let fear stop you. You are his ambassador. Embrace this moment. Allow the pruning to come and then get out there and share the hope that you have. Share the hope of Jesus because our world desperately needs hope and there is hope. That hope has a name. It is Jesus. He is alive. And if you've given your life to Jesus, this hope is alive in you and this hope can change the world through you, his beautiful church. Let me pray for us today. God, I thank you so much for every single person that has spent this special time with me, that has been listening to these words, the words in the in the Bible and the words that I've been sharing today. I thank you for these, these incredible new friend of mine. And I pray right now that if they don't yet know you, 
that today would be the day that they would give their lives to you. If you're not yet a Christian, would you just join me in this prayer right now? Dear God, I just come to you and I cry out. I confess my sin. I say, God, I've gone my own way, but I want to follow you. And I ask in your son's name, the name of Jesus Christ, that you would forgive me of my sin, that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit and you would give me a new life. Help me to live my life every day with the purpose that you created me for. And I thank you that you've saved me and you've set me free in Jesus' name. And if you call yourself a Christian, I invite you to pray this with me as well. God, give me boldness to be a witness. Give me boldness to share the hope. Give me opportunities. Give me creativity. And let me be a light in this time. Let me bring hope where there's hopelessness. And I thank you, God, that you are with me and you will never leave me even until the end of the age. God, you are so good. And I thank you for this gift of life and this gift of being able to share hope wherever I live, work and play. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, what a special time together. And I just encourage you to call in. I'd love to pray for you, to text in if you've got any questions, any prayer requests. I'd love to pray for you and invite you home to hope. Come home to the hope of Jesus. He loves you so much. God bless you, friend.